Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. If you've been here a while, you probably are well aware that I follow some really badass activists. And recently, one of those activists recommended a book called How to Go Mad Without Losing Your Mind, Madness and Black Radical Creativity, written by Lamar Jarrell Bruce. And I barely made a dent in it before I picked up my microphone and needed to share this. And I quote, But what of madness? My critical account of madness and modernity proceeds from two premises. On the one hand, madness is a floating signifier and a dynamic social construction that evades stable definition. On the other hand, or maybe on the same hand, madness is a lived reality that demands sustained attention. Skipping ahead a bit, the author proposes that madness encompasses at least four overlapping entities in the modern West as we understand it. First is phenomenal madness, an intense unruliness of mind, producing fundamental crisis of perception, emotion, meaning, and selfhood. As experienced in the consciousness of the mad subject, this unruliness is not necessarily painful, nor is it categorically pleasurable. It may induce distress, despair, exhilaration, euphoria, and a myriad of other sensations. In elaborating this mode of madness, I favor a phenomenological attitude attuned to whatever presents itself to consciousness— including hallucinations and delusions that have no material basis. Most important, phenomenal madness centers the lived experience and first-person interiority of the mad subject rather than, say, the diagnosis imposed by the medical authority. Such diagnoses are the basis of medicalized madness, the second category in this schema. 
medicalized madness encompasses a range of serious mental illnesses and psychopathologies codified by the psi scientists of psychiatry, psychology, and psychoanalysis. These quote-unquote serious conditions include schizophrenia, DID, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, and the antiquated diagnosis of medical quote-unquote insanity, among others. I label this category medicalized madness, emphasizing the suffix eyes, which means to become or cause to become. This signals that Mental illness is a politicized process, epistemological operation, and socio-historical construction, rather than ontologically given. And the author explains, with this brief example, a psychiatric patient who perceives voices with no empirically discernible outside source might be diagnosed with schizophrenia. Modern Western psychiatry medicalizes and pathologizes this experience as auditory hallucination. However, in another historical context or social milieu, such a sound might be regarded as, say, a prophetic hearing or superhuman orality or telepathic transmission or merely an unremarkable sensory variation. My point is that there is nothing inherently ontologically, transhistorically pathological about hearing voices. And this was just the first couple of pages of this book, and my mouth was wide open because I've mentioned before, I think a society who is sick does not have the right to diagnose others as sick, especially when it is typically the cause of the sickness. That's not to say that psychiatry and psychology and mental health work is not a necessary and and essential profession, but I also think a lot of the stigmas that come along with what comes with a diagnosis, especially one like schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder or bipolar disorder or OCD or even ADHD and depression and anxiety. And I think those stigmas are trash, to be honest, and hearing it in a much smarter context from a brilliant author reassured me that it wasn't just me trying to feel better about my own diagnosis. It really is all based on context. And I found that example alone to be very powerful. But the author goes on to say, even forms of medicalized madness that are measurable in brain tissue physiology, neuroelectric currents, and other empirical criteria are infiltrated and sometimes constituted by socio-cultural forces. The creation, standardization, collection, and interpretation of psychiatric metrics take place in the crucible of culture. Likewise, clinical procedures are designed and carried out by subjective persons embedded in webs of social relations. And furthermore, psychiatry is susceptible to ideology. Exploiting that susceptibility, various anti-black or pro-slavery or patriarchal or colonist or homophobic and transphobic regimes have wielded psychiatry as a tool of domination. Thus, acts and attributes such as insurgent blackness, slave rebellion, willful womanhood, anti-colonial resistance, same-sex desire, and gender subversion have all been pathologized by Western psychiatric science. Beyond those overt examples of hegemonic psychiatry, I want to emphasize that no diagnosis is innocently objective. No etiology escapes the touch and taint of ideology. No science is pure. And I'm constantly having to remind myself that though science is a wonderful tool, it is 
just a tool, and if it's used improperly, like any other tool, it can be more damaging than it is beneficial. The author goes on to define the third mode of madness as rage, an effective state of intense and aggressive displeasure, which is surely phenomenal, but warrants analytic distinction from the unruliness above. Black people in the U.S. and elsewhere have been subjected to heinous violence and degradation, but rarely granted recourse. Consequently, as singer-songwriter Solange Knowles reminds us, black people got the right to be mad, and got a lot to be mad about. Alas, when they articulate rage in American public spheres, black people are often criminalized as threats to public safety, lampooned as angry black caricatures, and pathologized as insane. That latter process, the conflation of black anger and black insanity, parallels the anglophone confluence of madness meaning anger and madness meaning insanity. In short, when black people get mad, as in angry, anti-black logic tends to presume they've gone mad, as in crazy. The fourth and most capacious category in this framework is psychosocial madness, radical deviation from the normal within a given psychosocial milieu. Any person or practice that perplexes and vexes the psychonormative status quo is liable to be labeled crazy. The arbiters of psychosocial madness are not elite cohorts of psychiatric experts, but rather multitudes of avowedly reasonable people and publics who abide by psychonormative common sense. Thus, psychosocial madness reflects how avowedly sane majorities interpolate and often denigrate difference. What I've already stated about medicalized madness can also be adapted to psychosocial madness, acts and attributes, such as insurgent blackness, slave rebellion, willful womanhood, anti-colonial resistance, same-sex desire, and gender subversion have all been ostracized as crazy by sane majorities who adhere to reasonable common sense, whereas phenomenal madness is an unruliness of mind. Psychosocial madness is sometimes an unruliness of will that resists and unsettles reigning regimes of the normal. Tomorrow, I'm going to dig a little deeper with more layman terms, but I needed to quote the wonderfully written prose in its original format because not only is this an incredibly nuanced and important subject, but I feel like the idea that we all have to go a little mad to actually engage in a sustainable and effective revolution might not be taken seriously if it's not presented in such a scholarly way. But in reality, if you're paying attention, going crazy has never seemed so fucking sane. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? 
All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.